In the book of Leviticus, chapter 16, I'm going to read the entire chapter. I'm going to read selected passages as well. So please open your Bibles. We're going to just jump right into the Word. I'm going to give a few announcements. Chapter 16 of Leviticus. I will read Isaiah chapter 53, 4 and 6, verses 4 and 6, and 1 Timothy 2, 5. Let me give a couple of announcements. Tuesday we will be at the Duncan's house in Petaluma, Rhonda. This coming Tuesday, Sister Rhonda, we're going to be at the Duncan's. Angela, would you please remind Sister Rhonda when you leave church today, you and Christian, that it is the Duncan's house this coming Tuesday. Rhonda, if you get lost, we'll come to the senior center and pick you up. Wednesday, we will be at the church here for Bible study. The women will be here at 615. Prayer, 615. 7 o'clock, we will start Bible study. I've heard the request today, and I need to say this, that when we look at the Word of God, and we talk about training up children in the way that they should go. One of the things is no guarantee. It doesn't mean that a child won't stray. There are times when we have to deal with the consequences of what we've done. I hate consequences. I don't like them. And then I do the same thing again and have to deal with the consequence again. When the Bible talks about reaping and sowing, it's not only for the believer but it's also for the unbeliever. It's based on what we do. I, I know that when God extends his hand of grace, it is for the ability and for the purpose in one part for us to turn and to come to him. It grieves my heart when I do see many young people today going to prison, ending up in jail, when that's not what God has called for us to do and to live. That's not what he's called, and yet... Sometimes that's how God sometimes has to reach some people to stop them and to keep them from even going to hell. Jail is not the worst thing for children to go to if it prevents them from going to hell. It can be a, it can be a roadblock when you think about eternity and think about a child being lost. If it causes them to pause and to reevaluate, by all means, Lord, do what's necessary. Sometimes when our prayers is, Lord, would you do what's necessary to save my child? That means that we have to sometimes take our hands off and say, God, bring them, but save them. That's a hard prayer to have. It's not an easy prayer to say when it's a loved one that one is dealing with. There's a passage in the book of Psalms where the Bible talks about a nation that forgets God will be turned into hell. A nation. We have a generation right now that wants nothing to do with God. The world, the Bible says, sin would wax worse and worse. And with the waxing of sin getting worse and worse, there are are consequences that come about. And I can say this, it is the prayers of the saints 
that oftentimes prevents some of our young people from having experiencing an early death and tragedy. How do we learn to take advantage of the opportunities that we've been given? Parents, as you train your children and you release them, part of the thing that begins to happen is that will they take the training and apply it to their lives? And sometimes you have to just say, Lord, I place them into your hands. I give them to you. But would you save them from destruction? Would you save them? Today we're going to be dealing with a topic, dealing with atonement. I'm going to read all of Leviticus 16 because the time is far spent. I'm going to just jump right into the scripture. Just right where you are, if you just lift a hand and say, Lord, would you bless the word today? Prepare our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Leviticus chapter 16, beginning in verse 1. I'll be reading from the NIV. The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron who died. Let me just pause and say that, that Anisha has the most interesting sneezes <laughs> and coughs. <laughs> there, there is no covering. And that's part of my title I'll give it in a minute. <laughs> the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron who died when they approached the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, tell your brother Aaron not to come whenever he chooses into the most holy place. But it says, tell your brother Aaron not to come whenever he chooses into the most holy place behind the curtain in front of the atonement cover on the ark, or else he will die. Because I appear in the cloud over the atonement cover. This is how Aaron is to enter the sanctuary area with a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He is to put on the sacred linen tunic with linen undergarments next to his body. He is to tie the linen sash around him and put on the linen turban. These are sacred garments, so he must bathe himself with water before he puts them on. From the Israelite community, he is to take two male goats for a sin offering, and a ram for a burnt offering. Aaron is to offer the bull for his own sin offering, to make atonement for himself and his household. Then he is to take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the entrance to the tent of meeting. He is to cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the goat whose lot falls to the Lord and sacrifice it for a sin offering. But the goat chosen by Lot as the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to be used for making atonement by sending it into the desert as a scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the bull for his own sin offering to make atonement for himself and his household. And he is to slaughter the bull for his own sin offering. He is to take a censer. Remember that censer? That's what got Aaron's sons in trouble when they presented strange fire. And I just said that. Okay, going back. He is, to, he is to take a censer full of burning coals from the altar before the Lord 
and two handfuls of finely ground fragrant incense and take them behind the curtain. He is to put the incense on the fire before the Lord, and the smoke of the incense will conceal the atonement cover above the testimony so that he will not die. He is to take some of the bull's blood and with his finger sprinkle it on the front of the atonement cover. Then he shall sprinkle some of it with his finger seven times before the atonement cover. I'm going to skip down to verse number 18. Then he shall come out to the altar that is before the Lord and make it. You know what? I'm going to go back up. Actually, there's a part I don't want to miss. I want to look at verse 15. He shall then slaughter the goat for the sin offering for the people and take his blood behind the curtain and do with it as he did with the bull's blood. He shall sprinkle it on the atonement cover and in, and in front of it. In this way, he will make atonement for the most holy place because of the uncleanness and rebellion of the Israelites, whatever their sins have been. He is to do the same for the tent of meeting, which is among them in the midst of their uncleanness. No one is to be in the tent of meeting. Get that. From the time Aaron goes in to make atonement in the most holy place until he comes out, having made atonement for himself, his household, and the whole community of Israel. Then he shall come out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it. He shall take some of the bull's blood and some of the goat's blood and put it on the horns of the altar. He shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with his finger seven times to cleanse it and to consecrate it from the uncleanness of the Israelites. When Aaron is finished making atonement for the most holy place, the tent of meeting and the altar shall bring forth the live goat. He is to lay both hands on the head of the live, of the live goat and confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites, all their sins, and put them on the goat's head. She'll send the goat away into the desert in the care of a man appointed for the task. The goat will carry on itself all their sins to a solitary place, and the man shall release it in the desert. Then Aaron is to go into the tent of meeting and take off the linen garments he put on before he entered the most holy place, and he is to leave them there. He shall bathe himself with water and in a holy place and put on his regular garments. Skip over to verse number 29. This is to be a lasting ordinance for you on the tenth day of the seventh month. You must deny yourself and not do any work, whether native boar or an alien living among you, because on this day atonement will be made for you to cleanse you. Then before the Lord, you will be clean from all your sins. It is a Sabbath of rest, and you must deny yourself. It is a lasting ordinance. The priest who was anointed and ordained to succeed his father as high priest, is to make atonement. He is to put on the sacred linen garments and make atonement for the most holy place, for the tent of meeting and the altar, and for the priests and all the people of the community. This is to be a lasting ordinance for you. Atonement is to be made once a year 
for all the sins of the Israelites. And it was done as the Lord commanded Moses. Someone will just read 1 Timothy 2.5. I'm going to hold on Isaiah 53 right now. Someone please read 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, whoever finds it. One mediator between God and man. The title of this message is, it's a question. You mean I need more covering? You mean I need more covering? Atonement. This is where God and man are brought together in a personal relationship. The Day of Atonement was the most sacred or most solemn day that the Lord had given. It was a very sacred day. Yom Kippur literally means Day of Atonements. Day of Atonements. The name, the, the name Day of Atonement does not occur. The passage that we just read until you get to Leviticus chapter 23, verse 27. What we just read are the regulations that the Lord gave and how the Day of Atonement was to be carried out by the high priest. In the New Testament, the word atonement only occurs one time in the King James Version, and that's Romans chapter 5, verse 11. The word has been replaced by the word reconciliation, which is the word that best describes atonement. According to tradition, when Aaron went to go into the temple, into the most holy of holies, on the Day of Atonement, he had to offer a bull for himself and for his family in addition to a goat for the community. It is believed that the prayer that Aaron prayed when he was praying before the Lord went maybe something like this. Oh God, I have committed iniquity, transgressed and sinned before thee, I and my house. O oh God, forgive the iniquities and transgressions and sins which I have committed and transgressed and sinned before thee. I and my house, as it is written in the law of the servant Moses, for on this day shall atonement be made for you to cleanse, for you to cleanse. From all your sins you shall be clean before the Lord. This is a prayer that is, it is believed that was prayed by Aaron. In fact, it says, for on this day shall atonement be made. Atonement, atonement. Why is atonement necessary? Why is there a covering? Why do we need to be made or to come into right relationship with the Almighty God? Why is it even, why is it, nece- why is it necessary? Why does God require this? God requires that a blood sacrifice, that life be given for life. The appeasement, the reconciliation, the only way to be able to enter into the presence of God is if you have been properly covered. The testimony, 
is actually the tablets that God wrote the Ten Commandments on. When it says the testimony was placed in the ark, the actual testimony are the Ten Commandments. They were placed inside the ark. May not be saying this word right, but the word Pisa or Pesa, which is translated, it means rebellion. In the, in the, in the NIV, it's, it's translated rebellion. It is the most grievous. It is the most outrageous sin, the outrageousness of sin in the Old Testament. The word describes that which is the worst type of sin, rebellion. The grossest manifestation. The word indicates that a violation of the covenant has been perpetrated. When we look at the Ark of the Covenant, when the Lord had the Ark and had the mercy seat, it was the, the, the covering that went over the Ark and God was above that mercy seat. Leviticus 16. Only the high priest could go into that place. Once a year. So when the Lord told Moses, tell your brother Aaron, be careful that you only go into the Holy of Holies once a year. Remember your sons who came before me. God started with the premise that your sons died because they did not approach me in the right way. Think about this. If the blood of animals was needed, to make atonement for the people in order for God to accept the sacrifice offered. And if two of Aaron's sons were killed for presenting foreign fire before the Lord. Some Bible says strange fire. How in the world does anyone stand a chance if the blood of Jesus is not making atonement for the person? If the blood of animals was accepted at this time. And if a person did not properly have the blood applied and they would come into the presence of the Lord, if they would lose their life over the animal, how does a person expect to make it if they don't have Jesus' blood covering them? When we consider the book of Hebrews, the theme of the book of Hebrews is the fulfillment of the atonement is in the blood of Jesus Christ. Christ is the fulfillment of the atonement. He is the atonement. He's the one that makes atonement. When you consider the book of Hebrews, it's all about saying that Christ fulfills the atonement. We're going to only look at one point today and several things within that. And the point here is, and how should I approach God? Another question. How should I approach God? God. Today I'm convinced that people don't fear God inside the church and outside the church. I'm convinced of it. Not everyone, some, yes. Everybody don't fear God. There was a call to remember that the Lord instructed Moses to tell Aaron that when you come to perform your duties on the Day of Atonement, I want you to one to I want you to, to recognize one first. The first thing is you need to be cautious. Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, were killed when they offered fire that we read last time in Leviticus chapter 10. God should never become so familiar to us that we use his name in vain and cuss and 
say any type of thing and come into his presence and say, oh, bless the Lord now, when we just cussed him out. The instructions for Aaron was one that was given to preserve his very life. When Aaron comes before me, he must come with a bull and then for the sin offering and then he's going to bring a ram for the burnt offering for himself and his household. He should not come into the Holy of Holies just any time that he wants to come. The Day of Atonement was once a year that he was able to come into the Holy of Holies. The Holies of Holies was separated by the veil, the curtain of God, and the ark was behind it, the cherubim. The Lord was seated, would be above the ark, and the Lord said only once a year. Now understand that there were daily sacrifices in the temple. Morning and evening, every day. The fire was not to go off on the altar. When they put fire in the censer, they had to get it from the altar. They couldn't just go get fire from any place. Don't be bringing some strange fire into my house, the Lord says. Here are the regulations. Today, I believe many people have this made-up fanatical idea that somehow their convictions and thoughts outweigh what God says. Somehow, if I believe it to be true, Somehow, if I, if I hope it's so, it's, it's okay with God because everybody says we say, we serve the same God. No, we don't. Everybody don't say, serve the same God. People are serving trees. People are serving statues that they make and take it with them. People are serving the weather. If it's nice outside, I go to the beach. If it's raining, I stay home and say it's raining too hard. Today, people make up what they want to serve. Now, I ain't saying be, be ridiculous. Now, if it's, if it's, it's so bad where you can't get through a flooding, yeah, stay home. I stay home during the week, but when I can get to the house of the Lord, we're supposed to be there. I tell you, people will look for sometimes every type of excuse. But even in the snow, I see people at the football game out there with their big old jackets and their hoods clapping their hands and cheering their teams on in two-degree weather. The Day of Atonement, the most solemn day. No work to be done. Our busyness never receives the anointing of God when it comes ahead of God. Your busyness, my busyness, is not anointed by God if it comes ahead of what God calls us to do. There are people today who feel that I can just come to God any old way. Remember, the Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We serve God today out of convenience. The priest couldn't go to God out of convenience. He couldn't approach God and say, Lord, today... Um, 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 I, 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 I just decided to sleep in. And I'm coming at this time today and just pray that that be okay with you, Lord. So is it okay? We serve God out of convenience. The Lord told Aaron that when you come, 
into my presence, you better have the proper things with you. I'm amazed that when Aaron had to go into the Holy of Holies. I, let me back up. I was thinking last night, Aaron had to probably be a little scared on the day before and that whole week building up to the Day of Atonement. He had to realize this is the day I'm going into the presence of God. And I recognize that he says, if I don't do it just right, I might not come out. And I bet that Aaron was, was preparing himself, but there was a nervousness. There was a, a fear that he must have had that, uh, that I want to make sure that I'm doing it right, that I'm clean, and that I follow the procedure that God has called me to follow. And on the day, that, that on the day of atonement, when he was to go into the temple, you can't tell me that Aaron wasn't nervous. You can't tell me that Aaron didn't have some fear going into the presence of God when he stepped into that curtain and the Lord says, Now, Aaron, when you get fire from the altar, I want you to take two handfuls of the incense that I had. The Lord had already given the instructions of how it was to be made. And that incense was to be put in that censer and the smoke from that incense would cover the mercy seat, the ark. The smoke that, that, that came from the censer would block Aaron from being able to see the Lord as he would be on that mercy seat. You can't tell me that Aaron wasn't scared. That there wasn't a fear of being in the presence. Yes, there was this awesomeness of being able to be in the presence of God. But to be standing there as high priest. Making atonement for himself and for his family first. Then for the people, the community. You know, as I've been going through the book of Leviticus and looking at the regulations and the requirement and the details and the attention to details, God set things so much, set things up in place so that there would, there would be life, life would be spared, and that there would be the appropriate relationship that his people would be able to have with him. God was always the one that was drawing and moving towards his people and making it, making it such to where they could be with him. On the Day of Atonement, not only were the sins of Aaron and the people to be forgiven so that they could have a right relationship with God, this covering, but atonement was made also for the Holy of Holies, the temple, and the altar, the burnt offering where these sacrifices were to be made. It started with that which was most important. Make atonement. When you look at the list, the Holy of Holies was the most important place of the temple, in the temple. Then came the temple. And then the altar. The importance of recognizing that God is always first. God always gets our allegiance. And we should always make sure that we go to him first for all things. So Aaron, as he goes in, makes atonement, comes out. 
then we consider that Aaron has to also now do another task. Aaron has to deal with the matter of the scapegoat. Now, some of y'all have heard, you know, heard before. Now, most of you have heard of a scapegoat, right? He's just a, he's a, he made, he's a scapegoat. He made him a scapegoat. That's the scapegoat. And I've told you that this is where it comes from. Now, let me say this as I move on because the, tar- the time is already just well spent. On the Day of Atonement, the Lord told Moses that Aaron is to bring two goats. And in the bringing of these two goats, one of the goats was going to be sacrificed to the Lord. That goat represented God's forgiveness for the community. The second goat would be the scapegoat where that goat would be released into the wilderness. Now understand this. On the Day of Atonement, as compared to all of the other days up to that year, up that was before, all the 364 days, Aaron, or the person that's bringing the sin offer, they would put their hand on the goat's head. But on this day, the Lord says, put both hands on the head of that goat. It's not one hand, it's both hands. Put both of your hands on the head of that goat, confessing the sins of the people on that goat. Remember, this is all symbolic about what is going to happen in the future. It was going to be Christ that was going to be that, that sacrifice, right? One of the ideas that is believed that possibly why both hands were put is that maybe it dealt with the matter when there was not only sin that was committed that was unintentional, but sin that was just known and the person decided to do it anyway. So both hands were placed even for those sins that were very intentional and the person knew exactly what they were doing. That's one idea in regards to why both hands were put there. Both hands on it. I'm thinking maybe another was that it represented Aaron and the other it represented the people. But he had to put both of his hands on the goat's head. The goat that was to be sent away represented how God was removing the sin from the camp, from the life of the people, to be sent away never to return. Now, The goat's blood, all of the sacrifices, could only cover your sins for God to accept. It could never remove your sins. The goats of bloods and bulls never removed a person's sins. The sending away of that goat was symbolic that God is not only going to cover, but he's going to remove the blemish so that it is no longer in his sight. And the sacrifice that was made on the altar... And that goat noun, God is removing it so that the goat never is to return. It is also believed whoever that person was in which that goat was sent away with, whether it was him or another, part of tradition says that even though that, gate, that goat was put out into a very rough terrain, sent away, that goat was eventually possibly pushed over a cliff so that it did not return to camp. That goat never was going to return to the community. 
When God removes your sins, he moves your, your sins as far as the east is from the west. And I told you, the east and the west never meet. When he removes your sins, he removes them permanently. When we continue to sin, we continue to bring back what God has already sent away. You know what we do? We say, I ain't done with that sin. I'm going to get my sin. And we go into the desert looking for the very sin that God's forgiven us for. And we bring it back into the camp. The very thing that God sent away, we go get it and bring it back. Then we cry before the Lord when we start running to all types of problems. Why is all this happening? Because we went and brought the sin back that he sent away. He forgave us for. Don't you know that we have trials that we are going to face just in the Christian life? Don't you know that you have enough trials for today? You don't need to be adding nothing else to it. Especially something that God says you are not to do. If God is already orchestrating things for you to go to, what in the world are you doing going back after the sin that he's already sent away forgiving you for? I'm going back to get that sin. The Day of Atonement. Before the person could come back into the camp, the Bible says they had to bathe themselves. Had to wash themselves before they came back into the camp. Even Aaron, after he went into the Holy of Holies, before he presented the burnt offering, I believe it was, he had to change his clothes before he went to the next piece. Meticulous. God took great care to save us. I don't think we really recognize and realize that. All of the steps that God took to save us, and it didn't cost us anything. He did it all. Paid the price. He was, he was and is the sacrifice. Everything that could be done, he did it. He purchased our salvation. He covered our sins. When Christ went to the cross, just like that sheep had to be sent away, Christ was crucified outside of Jerusalem, outside of the city upon Golgotha's hill. As that lamb, that goat was sent away, so Christ was sent away. Now, not only does Christ cover our sins, his blood forever removes our sins. The one sacrifice that Christ made paid it all. That's what Hebrews is all about. He was the perfect sacrifice. God was not pleased with all of the animal sacrifice. That didn't please God. But the blood of his son did. That's why there's only one sacrifice that's required and was required, and that was and is the blood of Jesus Christ. Today, people are trying to still get into heaven by good works. Lord, look at what I've done. Look at all of my deeds. Aren't I good enough, Lord? Do I still need covering? My good works should cover me. The Lord says, where's the blood? Where's the blood? Aaron, don't come into my sanctuary without the blood. Have you been covered in the blood of Christ? Are you still trying to be covered with the blood of bulls and goats, 
Have you allowed the Lord to be the one that covers you so that when you stand before the very presence of God, he sees the blood applied to your life? Or when he looks at you, does he see pure sin? On the day of judgment, it will be a very sad day for many people because they kept putting off, saying, one day I'm going to come. One day. One day. And Satan made it so convenient that that one day never came. And they'll be able to reflect back in time and say, why didn't I? Today you hear my voice. Don't harden your heart, the Bible says. The Lord has made atonement. It is the blood of Jesus Christ. It is a matter of saying, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And remember this. It always requires repentance. You can't be saved without the blood and repenting of your sins. I'm sorry, God. Forgive me, a sinner. May your blood cover me. Bow your head. Let me just say this. The question is, the two men, which were Aaron's sons, approached God with the wrong kind of fire. How do we approach God? It's a very good question. I think one of the things that we always have to remember that in Jeremiah says, let not the wise man boast in his strength. Not the man boast in all that he has. And I think it's in Jeremiah 9. But, but when we come to the Lord, we always must recognize that it's not about us. It's about him. And when we come into the very presence of the Lord, I think one of the things we always have to remember that we're coming before pure holiness, righteousness, grace, and truth. And when we come into the presence of God, we always come with a heart of surrender, a heart of saying, God, I approach you with confidence but I approach you humbly saying, I love you, I honor you, I adore you, I need your help. So we approach God, I believe, in such a way to where we always recognize that he is the one that is the sustainer of life and forgives sins. When the temple veil was rent, when Christ died on the cross, the curtain that separated the Holy of Holies was torn so that that inner part that was never exposed to the public was now made visible. It could only be entered by the priest once a year. Christ is our high priest. We can come boldly. It is always because of what Christ has done. The fact that his blood has covered us. Remember this. When a person doesn't know the Lord and they repent of their sins, they are forgiven. But as a believer in Christ, we have access to the Lord 24-7 because of what Christ has done. And the Lord welcomes us. It's the, fact of the, it's the fact of the matter that Christ's blood has now covered us and we now are able to come before his presence all the time. And there's different times when we come in just with a rejoicing heart, but we always come with this attitude that, Lord, I'm standing before the Almighty God. We're standing before pure righteousness and holiness. I think we can never forget 
that God is a God of love and compassion. He's also a God, when we say of holiness, that requires holiness of his people. God wants us to come to him, Letitia. He wants us to approach the throne. And he wants us to approach it by saying, Lord, I'm doing everything I can in your word to obey what you've said. Because what he honors, he honors, he honors obedience to his word. Amen. We love you today for the word of God and for all that you're doing. And Lord, in this place today, we know that it's the word of God that saves. It's the word of God that changes lives. And when people are not exposed to the word of God, it is just a matter of fact that people will come up with their own ideas and views. And yet it never will measure up. We must always remember that we must be covered with the blood of Jesus Christ to enter into the very presence of God. We must always remember that it's the Lord who does the work that covers us. He brings about the change. And Lord, you are so eager to have us to be in your presence. You are so eager to have fellowship with us. May we, Lord, yearn for your presence as well. We pray that you will fill us, keep us, and strengthen us. For the people that are here today, what a blessing to be able to have God, your presence in the lives of people in this place. Those that don't know you, bring conviction. Those that do, Lord, bring conviction for, for holiness. Ah, and may we understand and know that one day, when all of this is over, we'll be able to look back and wonder how we made it over. And we can say it was by the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that what we do for Christ, it shall last. So we pray that we won't become weary in well-doing, but carry forth and do the work of God. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. May God bless you.